Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. A teacher affects eternity. He can never tell where his influence stops. And that is a quote by Henry Brooks Adams. And I am tickled pink (laughs) to have the great Charles Lewis and his also great son, Todd, on my show, finally. Since I started this podcast three and a half years ago, I have mentioned Charles Lewis and his wall portrait training program that he did around the country quite a few years ago that completely changed my business. And honestly, I have no idea where I would be or if I would have been able to stay in business 40 years and having an average of three to eight wall portraits per client if I hadn't taken that, I think it was about a half day program, bought his tapes, listened to him over and over and over again. So I'm also thrilled that his son has jumped in and been a part of of his teaching because, you know, the more the merrier. So let me tell you about Todd and Charles. First of all, I consider Charles, a.k.a. Chuck, the king of wall portraits. His business, their business is called Lewis Creatives. They also have an online vault membership. They coach, they consult, they teach. They specialize photographically in family and children and seniors and weddings. So you guys are still still doing the clicky clickies? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when they were full, full at it, that was the specialty. And he opened his studio 50 years ago. Charles did. Todd was, was he around? He was around. I was. I was barely around, but I was around. <laughs> you, were, you were the motivator for, for everything. Yes. So, yeah. So, guys, I just want to thank you so, so much for being on my show today. Well, it's great to be here. We're honored, Lucy. Thank you for inviting us. And, yeah, a couple of years ago, we had to make a really difficult decision because photography was taking up a huge amount of the time. And also our teaching, our lecturing, our coaching, our consulting, our inner circle memberships, all this stuff was just, it was just overwhelming. So I got to a point where I had to decide, mm-hmm. give up give up the teaching or give up the photography business. And I love photography with all my heart and soul, but I love teaching and hopefully changing lives. So we let the studio go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not photographing much anymore because of the same reason, because I can't be everywhere No, photographing. I can teach everywhere. I can help a handful of people one-on-one to grow incredible businesses and pass on what I've learned from, from the greats in our industry, including you, of course. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. And Todd has been just an enormous part of my photography business, and he specializes in marketing and selling. And, mm-hmm. oh, man, Todd, how long has it been? I don't know, 40 years? I don't know. 
almost 40 years now and and yeah it, what what's so important is that um you know deciding again how can we affect the most people in a positive way going forward and that's kind of where we had to make that decision as many people as we're able to affect through the creation of our beautiful portraits and having them displayed proudly on people's walls and but we really felt like helping other photographers to be able to do that and really putting 100% of our energies into that was our kind of our calling. And, and yeah. we are constantly and consistently working with photographers all over the country and all over the world in the coaching that we do. So we're hearing from people on a, on a daily basis of how this stuff still works. Anyone that thinks that nobody's buying wall portraits or nobody will buy wall portraits or nobody's thinking you are you are completely and utterly mistaken yes there are a lot of people out there that may not be looking for wall portraits but there are a lot of people out there that are and it all boils down to knowing what what marketing to do the proper sales techniques to do to reach that target market and there is hungry now as i've ever seen them especially after the crazy few years that we've all had as a globe people i think are appreciating the value of family, of of relationships, and of capturing those relationships in wall portraits to display in their homes more than I've noticed in probably the last 10 or 15 years. I agree. People that have listened the last couple of weeks know that my mom passed away uh, January 8th. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's too bad. Well, 99 years of life. Amazing. She she had a right to go. Absolutely. What a life. And if you could see the other half of this room that I'm in, there's bins and boxes, and I'm sorting through to find photographs of her. And it just makes me so grateful to the people before I was born. When my mom was little, my family was portrait takers. I don't think that's good grammar, but there are beautiful photographs in those gorgeous cardboard folders uh, that we've had on dressers and different things over the years. But there are some of my family when I was a little girl that are beautiful that they only use for Christmas cards. And I think I would have felt more I don't know, valuable, valued, loved, special, if there had been a beautiful wall portrait of me or of our whole family or the three kids instead of just a five by seven on the dresser and Christmas card. So it's it's been an interesting journey to go through all of the things that I have. And, and also, I did a session with my parents when they were about 70 just the two of them in the Sequoias, which is our favorite family vacation spot. And the value of those year after year after year, and especially now, are priceless. And I'm so grateful to the me (laughs) from so many years ago, realizing I need to do for my family what I do for everyone else. I've always felt that uh, my calling for most of my life was to create something that wouldn't have been created exactly this way if it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds ridiculous, but that's what I thought when I started my business. And 
then I started to realize maybe two and a half, maybe three years into the business that uh, wall portraits was where I wanted to go because you just, you know, a little teeny portrait sitting on a, uh, on a piano somewhere, you don't enjoy it except when you're dusting it. And so <laughs> I, I really, and this is what you have to do. If you're a photographer and you're trying to kind of figure out your path, you really need to start thinking, what do you really believe in? What, what stands to you as something major that you would like to see happen? And for me, it was wall portraits as home decor. So that as people are living in their home and moving through their home and living their busy daily lives, they can glance up at this portrait on their wall and they can see, I mean, the portrait is appropriately sized so that they can see the expressions and they can see the relationships and the personalities at that point in their lives. And I've got so many stories from clients who have told me how much that has meant to them. And that's what I honestly believe in. Yes, there is a lot of money in it. Yes, if you do this right, you can earn a terrific living, better than you ever imagined. And I'm living proof of that, mm -hmm. coming from a very poor family, uh, low self-esteem, um, couldn't even look people in the eye. When I was talking to them, it was just mm -hmm. really awful. And who would have thought that I would find something that so excited me that it just took me places I never could have imagined and earned me a terrific living. But the important thing is what it does for your clients. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, if they're sitting on a desk somewhere in a little folder or a little frame, they really can't see that. They're, they're not a part of it. They don't enjoy it unless they're very close to it and taking the time to look at it. Right. Whereas a wall portrait is home decor is just spectacular. And that's what I really believe in with my heart and soul. So Chuck, how did you come to that conclusion? Did someone inspire you? Did you have an aha moment? I think it was when I joined the local association, the Michigan Association, and went and saw what was being done and that there were some people who actually were creating adequate sized portraits as home decor, there were a few. And I just became inspired by that, you know, that that instead of having little ones sitting around everywhere, that I could do something that someone would really appreciate enough to put on their wall mm -hmm. and, and love it and cry when they look at it. And so that's when I just started making a decision that everything that I do from this point forward, I'm going to do my very best to get my clients to put something on the wall. It might be a grouping, you know, that's not my favorite, but it might be a grouping or it might be an appropriately sized photograph that people can really love. Right. And that's when it began. And it just went from there. And I started seeing my profitability going up because what happened to me, um, just take a second. What happened to me? I don't know how many of you out there can listening to this and watching this can relate to this, but I was never home. I was working my tail off trying to get this photography business to make a profit. And it was really awful. Uh, Grand Rapids, you know, you can say this about any place, but Grand Rapids is tremendously competitive. And here I was, little Chucky Lewis, trying to start this photography business. And I, it was just awful. And so I was never home. And I tried to come home for dinner because that was a time when 
uh, because at that point now, when we moved from where I started, which was in Omaha, and we moved back to Grand Rapids, which is our hometown, uh, Sherry and I had two ki- two kids. We had Todd and we had our his sister, Erin, our daughter. And so Sherry was devoted to raising them. And, and, I, and we agreed on that. And so I had to bring in the money and I did not want to get a job. Yeah. I wanted to make a, a living doing what I loved to do. And so I worked myself to death just day and night, seven days a week. But I'd always try to come home for dinner and then I'd go back to work. And one day Sherry said, you know, it didn't happen just in one day. It happened over a period of a couple of years. She said, you're never here. Uh, The kids never see you. Uh, This is ridiculous. You know, she married a person who thought he was going to be a math teacher in high school. That's what I was going to be. I was going to teach math in high school. And then I found this photography thing and I just went bananas over it and it changed everything. And she was expecting this introverted, quiet guy who's going to teach school and be home at four o'clock and have summers off. And, and it wasn't that at all. And so she finally said, you know, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. You're never home. When you are home, all you're doing is thinking about photography business, the money. I mean, yes, we didn't starve to death, but it was sometimes very close and very scary. And so she said, I think I'm going to have to get a divorce. And she said the line, no kidding. She said the line, there are a lot of fish in the sea Mm. and I'm going to have to find another fish. And she's crying, heartbroken. Um, I'm crying. I I did not see this coming. Mm. Because you weren't home to see it. (laughs) No, I'm too busy. Uh, It was just awful. What a shock. And Todd was very little back then. I don't even know if he remembers that or not, but wow. And that's when things changed. Right then, right there, I was mad as heck, and I wasn't going to take it anymore, and I'm not going to do this. If I have to go and get a job, I'll get a job, but I'm not losing my family over this. And, of course, the only place I went that night was to the studio. I didn't have anywhere else to go. And I spent the night there crying and wondering what I could possibly do. The next day I went back and I said, I've changed. A miracle has happened. I will make this work. Give me one more try. Please give me one more try. And so she did. Thank heavens. And uh, that's when everything changed. That's when I said, okay, I'm mad as heck. And I'm not going to do this anymore for losing money or hardly making any money. I've got to run this place like a business. I've got to find a target market, a target market, a market that I'm looking for that I want to work with. And I've got to run this puppy like a business. And I'm not working nights and I'm not working weekends. This is insane. And, and you know, you're upset. You're emotionally just shot. And But mm-hmm. I made the decision. And at that point, I was doing 60 weddings a year. Uh, <laughs> was the only thing I had, basically. I didn't have mm-hmm. much of a portrait business. And uh, so I knew I had to make a lot of very serious decisions. And that's when I started running the business like a business, marketing, pricing, selling, and photography, the big four. And that's when I put all my attention and started studying with people, not only who were photographers, but who were also not photographers. I wanted to hear how other people and other businesses had built a successful business. And so Mm -hmm. I studied with a whole bunch of them. And uh, devoted myself to being home at night, started reading stories to the kids each night when they went to bed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it changed. It just changed everything because it changed me. It changed me inside right here. Mm. That's what happened. It changed me. I knew 
that I, okay, if I have to get a job, I'll get a job. Okay. Before that, I never would have thought like that, but if that's what it's going to take so I can be home on nights and weekends, then I'll do that. I didn't want to. I'm college educated. I knew I could get a job, but I didn't want to do that. And so that's, that's how it changed. So every one of you watching this, have you had your time yet? That moment, mm-hmm. that, that special, you know, someone throws you out or divorces you or what has happened to you that where you go, holy smokes, I really am screwing things up here. I've got to get this down and run this place like a really fine tuned machine and ha- earn a great living running it, not as a hobby, not as an interest, not as something that I really love and enjoy, but as a business. So guess what? I never had to have that moment. You know why? Right on. You know why? Why? Because Charles Lewis decided, <laughs> what year did you travel the country and start? Uh, start started in the late 70s and then it went Okay, well, the I 80s. guess it was mid to late 80s that you came to San Diego and you told that story and then you showed how to sell wall portraits and um, your telephone tape. I had that in my little blue Volkswagen. And every time I got in the car, I heard your wonderful voice talking about giving good phone. And now I had a come to Jesus moment when I was done with weddings, when I realized because I loved weddings. And then I was doing portraits, you know, if they came to me, and then I was selling wall portraits. And silly me, I was projecting the engagement sessions, but not the weddings. Durr. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, when they invented those uh, slide proofing trans previews. Yeah. But um, anyway, I was saying with weddings, I I decided it was time to go all in with kids and families because I just was, I'd done so many weddings, I was tired of it, but (laughs) I limited how many weddings I did. So I had a life in between. Correct. So thank you very much. And I have apologized to you for splitting the cost and copying those, those tapes. And don't ever (laughs) do that anybody because you'll, uh, you know, I would have so easily made that investment back. I did. Um, but anyway, you remember me telling you that, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. But I wouldn't have bought them. So I guess it was better that we did that. And then I felt guilty forever and apologize. <laughs> Anywho, so what I'm imagining my guests, listeners are thinking is, how can you not work weekends and nights? That's when my clients are available. Uh, it's impossible. That's a great question. And Todd, I'll let you answer that because Good, was... you're terrific at this. Sure. Well, and then that is the big question. So I think the first thing that as photographers that we need to do, and I say we, I want to be very clear. I don't do and never did any of the photography in our photography business. Mm-hmm. That was always my dad was the photographer. And and I, because what my interest was in what photography meant to the clients like my dad said it's the it's the psychology the love the passion the uh the marketing the selling all of that stuff that goes into having people become happily involved with what it is that we create for them that was my passion uh now since then 
I've become a cinematographer. Um, I, I, I do, uh, you know, photography for motion pictures, for moving pictures and so wow. forth. Uh, and I enjoy that very much and, and utilize the things that I learned, uh, you know, assisting my father. Now, I, I did assist him on, on many sessions throughout the years. And learn the techniques for cinematography are not that different from portrait photography. Mm -hmm. uh, the lighting, the posing, the learning, the lenses, the depth of field, all of that stuff has translated extraordinarily well into that. But it, when it came to photography, I was interested in the the aspects of getting people to love it. And and when you do that, you have to realize the first decision you have to make as a photographer is what do I want my photography business to be for me? Because remember that your photography business exists to give you the lifestyle that you want to have. Mm. Now, remember that that's an important thing. And I learned this from my father. This was drilled into my head right from the very beginning working with him is to remember that it exists to give you the photographer and the artist the lifestyle you want to have. Now, that doesn't just mean financially. That does not just mean, well, I need to get rich or I need to make $200,000 a year in profit or whatever it is. That is important. And you need to know what those um those, those things are for you. But lifestyle means a different thing to different people. For some people, it is I've got to make X number of dollars. For other people, it is I only want to photograph X number of clients each week or each month or each year. Or I want to be able to invest, um, you know, three or four hours in a portrait session with a family client or, you know, to be able to do really incredible work and, 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 and get to the nuance of the relationships that this family has. It might be uh, that I don't want to work nights and weekends, which was one of the decisions that my dad had to make. Mm -hmm. I don't make that decision. It's interesting because I work seven days a week. I'm working Monday through Sunday. I'm working seven days a week. However, I am not typically working, you know, eight to 12 hours a day. I'm typically working six to seven hours a day, sometimes maybe a little less, sometimes a little bit more, because my choice is I would rather work a bit every day, but not work all day every day, you okay. know, and get exhausted that way. So for each person, that's the first thing I would recommend to each and every one of you watching this program is sit down with a piece of paper and write down, what do I want my lifestyle to be, regardless of what creates it? How many hours a week do I want to work? What days of the week? Do I want to work nights? Do I want to work days? Do I, you know, do I want to be able to sleep in in the morning and work more at night? Whatever it is, write those things down and write down what you want to make financially and how many and what types of clients you want to work with. That's another big one. My dad already mentioned the importance of knowing your target market. That means do I want to work with people who are price shopping, want all the digital files, just want it quick, down dirty, and maybe want to, you know, invest a hundred or two hundred dollars maximum? Or would I rather work with the clients who view these portraits as something they are going to value for years, if not decades to come, and are willing to invest similar amounts of money into those portraits and the creation of them with, with us that they might invest in taking a family vacation somewhere? or in buying a, a used car as a second vehicle, or buying a small speedboat or fishing boat or something like that. that. That right there is immediately going to change the quality of your life, depending on which of those two. I'm giving you the extremes here, kind of. Sure. But there's also every gradation in between. It's a, there. 
I kind of equate it to, uh, Lucy, I I equate it to, if I'm going to go, I need a new vehicle. I'm going to go buy a car Uh, because whatever car I have, it just died or I don't like it anymore or whatever. Well, I could go down the street to the used car dealership and I could walk in their front door and say, hey, yeah, hi, I've got $5,000 I can spend on a car. I just need something that'll get me from A to Z and get me there as safely as possible. What have you got? Mm-hmm. Or I could conversely, I could walk down the street, walk in the BMW dealership and say, hey, I've got $100,000 to invest in a mm-hmm. car. I want something that'll get me from A to Z and I want it to get me there in style. What have you got? Now, both of those versions of me are looking for a car. Right. But really, we're looking for two completely different products, aren't we? The That yeah. used car for five grand and that BMW for 100, 100 grand is probably too cheap now for a car, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, I. I want to interject one little thing in there. Yeah. Um, I may not know that the a BMW is what I want, mm-hmm. but if I walk in and the person uh, becomes what I call the trusted advisor and starts sharing with me about the value and why I would want it, then the issue is, can I actually find the money, you know, do those things make me happy? Do I want those things now that I understand the value? And then um, can I find the money? Because I think in our business, a lot of times people don't know they want what we offer. I'm guessing you both agree with me until they understand what we offer and why, as you said, it is a lifetime investment that they will treasure forever and and then it's one of the best investments we can make. I'd say two thirds of my best clients that order the most didn't know they wanted a wall portrait, but they knew they valued photography. Right. And then it was my job to get them super excited and realizing, oh my gosh, yes, let's do this thing. So that's one of the worst, I think, things that that photographers can do is to assume when someone contacts them that they know kind of, oh, well, okay, this person's a price shopper. This person's looking for something really expensive. This person's looking for this. This person's looking for that. When in reality, they don't even truly know. Because again, as photographers, we live and breathe this stuff every day. Or in my case, as somebody who's worked intimately in a photography business for nearly 40 years, we we deal with this every day. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's thinking of hiring a photographer to create portraits of them, they don't know what to ask. They're not even sure what makes a great portrait and what doesn't. They just think they might know it when they see it. And they may not even realize, like you said, Lucy, what these are going to actually mean to them. So it comes down to us to ask questions. Mm -hmm. So that's another very key point here is make sure that your marketing is, so after you've decided what kind of target market am I going after as part of what type of lifestyle do I want my photography business to supply for me and my family, then you start going, okay, now how do I get to know whether somebody that contacts me 
is a target market or not? And you do that by asking questions. So your marketing is designed to get people to reach out and contact you, preferably by the telephone, so that we can have a two-way conversation. And yes, right now in this day and age, when people are texting and using social media all the time, you might think no one wants to talk on the phone. That is absolutely yeah. a falsehood. In fact, I'm seeing more people now that are wanting to talk to a human being and just get some answers and have, you know, not have to do everything through websites and texting and so forth than I've seen in a very long time. You get them on the phone. Now you can ask them questions to find out what is most important to them and to help them to start to think about and feel what's most important to them. Yeah. There's a reason why when people reach out to you, the first question they typically ask you is how much do you charge or what do, do you have a price list you can send me? What packages do you have? Do you offer all the digital files? Those are all left brain logic questions. They're not getting to the heart of why someone invests in having a professional like us create portraits for them. The questions we are going to ask them are not only designed to help give us information about what they're thinking and more importantly feeling, but it's also to help them realize what's down here, not just what's up here. And that's this right here, the heart is what sells portraits. This is what gets people to want these portraits and, and enjoy them for a lifetime, not what's up here. That was all great. So now I'm waiting <laughs> for the answer. But I don't mean to diminish that. Uh, like I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And how does that address but clients won't come in the daytime. Mm. They're only available evenings and weekends. So now yeah. we've got we've got all that juicy, like why they want to work with us. So then how does that inform? So I make a decision. I just want to work nine to five, but clients are busy. They've got, you know, they've oh. got jobs, they've got things going on. So. Target market, target, target. I know you know this, but it's it's target market. You know, I mean, part of the description of your target market are going to be they are willing to work during the days. They uh, don't demand weekends. You know, I mean, and you say, oh, Chuck, that's easy for you to know. This is very hard, especially if you're challenged financially. If things aren't going yes. as well as you want them to go. The great Donald Jack. Donald Jack changed my life and my family's life forever and ever. He had I understudied with him for two years in Omaha, Nebraska, while I was in the Air Force working at uh, SAC headquarters. And he said, in order to be successful, you must be willing to send some people away. Yes. And holy smokes, you know, I'm thinking to myself, first time he said that, I had a little studio in my home in Omaha, but I was basically, you know, understudying with him and carrying his equipment, packing, unpacking, loading film, you know, all those things that you do as an apprentice, kind of, because that's what I was doing when I wasn't at the, at the Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, I went, well, yeah, that's easy for him to say, man. He's got all this money in this beautiful studio and everything is fine and hunky-dory. Send a few people away. Simple. 
but not for me because I was scared to death. I'm wondering, mm-hmm. what am I going to do when I get out of the service and I want to become a photographer? How in the world can I motivate myself and have the confidence to send people gently, calmly, kindly, understandingly, send them away mm-hmm. because they're not the target market that I have. And you know, we're talking now about something that not a handful of photographers in the world talk about. This is what? Send people away. What? Are you kidding me? I need every photographer, every photography client I can get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Chuck, you don't understand. This is times are tough, Chuck. That's right. And they're going to stay tough for a long, long time unless something happens in your life like it did in mine mm-hmm. that you say, that's it. I'm mad as heck. And I'm not taking this anymore. And I'm going to have to start very carefully picking and choosing by asking the right questions, then shutting up and listening to the answers that they give me and be compassionate and understanding, and then ask them another question. And so you're finding out how much do they value photography? That's one of the things that comes in the description of our target market. They value photography a lot. Right. They don't just want something that they can slap onto their cell phone and show everybody. They they value what we do. And what percentage of our market area, will you, we'll say, is like that? I don't know, 10%, maybe 15%. Mm-hmm. So already you're seeing where, well, if I want to work with really good people, by good people, I'm not I'm not saying that the people who have discretionary money are good people and the people who, because I was very poor. So I know what it's like to be very poor. I would not have been a good photography client because I had no money. You know, so in this day and age, I would just say, can I just have all the digitals, please? You know, I figured that's got to be cheap, you know, because that's all I could afford to do. Well, those aren't the people we want to work with. They're, they're wonderful. They're fine. They just, send them somewhere else. Let them go to a photographer who doesn't think like this. And that just will take anybody under any circumstances just to be busy. Busy hands are happy hands. Right. Yeah. Well, my hands, my hands must've been really happy back then, but my wife sure wasn't. And by the way, yes, we're still married 55 years. I'm very lucky man that she gave me that second chance because yeah. she was right on when she was talking to me about this. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't see it at all. And if I can chime in there too. So just a, a couple of things on that key point, Lucy, uh, of, so now how do we deal with that? So what are some specifics of how that target market factors into this? The first thing is, is, you know, if this is of value enough to someone, they will find a way. Now that's an important thing. If it's a value to someone, they will find a way. And our target market value this. They will value us. They'll value what we do. They will value the wall porches, whether they understand it right from the get-go or whether they understand it as they start going through the process. And what do people do when they want to find a way? When I don't know, I need... Lucy to be my photographer. Lucy, I I like everything that she's saying. I like everything she's about. She's going to be my photographer. Well, she doesn't work nights or weekends. And, uh, you know, I work during the day. My my husband or spouse works during the day. How are we going to make this work? They'll find a way because then they can say, well, you know, I know you don't work nights and weekends. I'd really like you to be our photographer. I just know how how we're going to meet. And you can say something like, well, um, do you ever get a lunch break? 
or anything like that during the day. Now I'm talking just to do the the meeting, uh, the design consultation, the mm -hmm. in-person chat that we will do before we photograph anyone. This is, again, a part of the qualifying process to make sure that we are the right photographer for them and they're the right photographer for us. Oh, yeah, I do get a lunch hour. Well, you know what? Uh, we can do this. It'll only take us about 30 or 45 minutes. We can do it during your lunch hour. How does that work? I've got Tuesday around one o'clock. Can you take your lunch break then? There you go. Now you started to open that door. Or I might ask them, well, when do you, if you don't mind me asking, when do you typically get off from work? Well, I, I tend to work eight to four. Okay. So you might be able to do something a little bit after four. What about if we did a 4.30 and I might be able to, you know, organize staying a half an hour later than I typically do. Again, it all comes down to how badly do they want. It. And then when it comes to the portrait session itself, and now they've gotten further down that process. Down, They've gone further down that tunnel of us building rapport with them and of them realizing how important these are going to really be for them. They will take two hours off from work if they need to. Right. They will find a way because now they realize, oh, we're not going to rush these portraits. Oh, these are going to be done really well. These are going to be things we're going to enjoy for decades to come. I will take some personal time off from work if needed. And so will my spouse. And we'll get the kids out of school if we need, you know, whatever it is. Right. Or we'll do them right when they get out of school. They will work around your schedule. But then you can also decide, eh, maybe I don't want to work nights. But for me, nights are, I don't want to do anything after 7 p.m. Right. Okay. Then you could work from, say, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. each day. And that will allow you to photograph an awful lot of people between four o'clock and seven o'clock if you choose to make that choice. That's probably what I would do because mm -hmm. I'm kind of a night person, but I don't want to work late into the night. So I might do a 10 to seven o'clock kind of typical workday Monday through Friday. Yeah. And you have to make an exception once in a while, you know, sure. for the for the lighting, for example. Magic you know, depending hour. on where you're doing the, yeah. the, the images, you bet. You know, if I mean, we're just 40 minutes away from Lake Michigan. So we got a lot of clients that we would go there to do their photography because that's what they wanted. They had a home or a cottage or something, or they loved the, the sand and the, the, the beautiful grass coming up and they love all that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so there are exceptions once in a while for a family portrait of a group of eight people who love each other. They're what I call warm fuzzies. They're mm -hmm. thrilled about the photography. They're very excited. They obviously, because of the questions we've asked, we've learned that they value what we do. They may not still have decided on a wall portrait or not, but that's to come. First, right. I got to create some incredible images for them. But I see that there's potential there to where I'm willing to invest the time and the effort because I want to create something for her and for them. But right. usually we're working with mom right. that she will just just love. And that's what I'm all about. Yeah. So if you decide you're going to work possibly two nights a week and have two mornings at home with your spouse, having cuddle time without kids, it's our life, right? That's right. That, that's a great point. We're in a society that has groomed us to think of nine to five as the workday. And <laughs> that's the beauty of owning your own business and being your own artist and being your own person is you don't have to do that. Like, like Lucy was saying, if, if maybe Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm doing roughly kind of nine to five, but on, uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, those are my 10 o'clock to seven o'clock days or my noon to seven o'clock days or whatever you want them to be. And it can change week to week. 
There is nothing that says you have to work X number of hours. In fact, everything that we do with our coaching and consulting students is to help them to, if this is what they desire, and most of them do, to get to a point where they can bring in, you know, $100,000 or more profit from their photography business by working only 35 to 40 hours max a week. Mm-hmm. You can do that and we can help you to do that. And it all starts with having a very clear vision of what you want from your photography business as a lifestyle and who you want your target market to be. Right. right. I have a coaching client that when we started five years ago, she was ready to move past the shoot and share model. And she decided to build a huge pet photography business where she has two studios. She's bringing in a million and a half. And I'm sure this year it'll be more. And she doesn't even have to go into work if she doesn't want to. So it's our business. It's our decisions. Now she worked very hard to get that, but now she has that freedom to work or not work or work part-time. And, um, her goal was to build a thriving business rather than being a photographer that is doing all or most of the photography. And of course, she's selling wall portraits to almost every one of those clients. So she's created a volume business with, um, she just posted that she, she had like 13 clients and it was a $25,000 day. And so it's our baby to create. And I appreciate it is. you saying that, Todd. Yeah. And the key to this whole thing is that everybody who's watching this, you know what's going through them? Okay, not everybody. A few people, listen, mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't happening to. But for most people, because nobody told us any differently, the first thing you think of, you say, well, that would never, you don't understand, Lucy, that would never work in my area. (laughs) You don't understand. I mean, I've heard that since the late 70s, as we've traveled all over the world, teaching, consulting, coaching. I heard it so much that I got to the point where I made a great big sign that (laughs) said, but Chuck, that'll never work in my area. (laughs) And I put it up on the stage of my live classes. Remember that, Todd? Mm -hmm. And boy, did that ever help? Because they saw it the whole, it was a three-day class. And they saw every day, all day, there's that sign. They wouldn't dare say that. (laughs) They they can't. So they have to think of some other excuse as to why that won't work for me in my area, because they can't say that. Yes. The and and the there's too much competition. Oh yeah. Um, on Google Maps, I typed in photographers and my zip code. Guess how many? I'm in San Diego. Guess how mm-hmm. many? In it's like a three mile radius, I think. Guess how many photographers are listed? Oh, 150 to 200. 887. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so that would tell me like if it's an area of eight of maybe 80,000 then one percent of of everybody if I'm doing my math right you were going to be the mathematician right yeah I was so is that one percent 
Uh, I don't know. Are you kidding? I know f-stops and shutter speeds. Now I don't know math anymore. (laughs) I never used it. Well, yes, you did, but not the same way. (laughs) No. Well, and the interesting thing there, Lucy, is that, um, and this is a, a reminder to everyone that's watching this, is to remember that those 800 other photographers aren't selling the same thing you are. Right. They are not your competition. To look at to to Google and go, oh, how many photographers are in my area and go, that's my competition is a huge error. It, it would be the same as that BMW salesperson thinking that their competition is that used car dealership down the street. They don't even bat an eye thinking about that used car dealership. Not that there's anything wrong with that used car dealership. They have a specific clientele and and people that they are providing a service to. And that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But as a BMW dealership, my competition is the Ferrari dealership, the Lamborghini dealership, the Maserati dealership. And that number is much smaller than 800. The the cruise companies, the second homes, the fill in the blank. I got it. That you had me thinking about that early on. Yes. Yes, you're right. The other things that they would invest those dollars in. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to under- to misunderstand here. When people first contact us, they're not thinking about wall portraits. I mean, what, Todd, 80% of them have never given it a thought. Right. What they're looking for is a nicely done, beautiful portrait that is romantic emotional. We always say that our target market, in our target market, people invest in photography for emotional reasons. That's why they're investing with us. Right. So their mind, you know, and the, the work that we show around the community is very emotional and they love, and some people love it and some people hate it. The people that hate it, they don't call us and that's perfectly fine. It saves us time. But the people who love it, they do call us. That's why exhibiting your best work all through your community is such an incredibly important part of your marketing plans because the people that love it will contact you. And those are the people that, but they're not, you know, they're not thinking, oh, I would like to have a really nice wall portrait over my sofa. Right. No, they're thinking about, you know, how much does it cost to get a nice photograph by you? I like what you do. I think it's beautiful. But through our process, our system, by the time they get to the point where they're viewing the images, they're educated and right. they're excited and they're emotionally involved and they're crying when they see the images mm-hmm. and they decide, you know, this would look because we're showing it to them at a very appropriate size. And they're saying to themselves, wow, that would look really nice in my home. Right. Because our studio looks like a home so they can mm-hmm. relate to how the images will look in their home. And it all works together and the system really works. Donald Jack, the other thing he said, I'll never forget. He said, never. And you you just don't hear successful people say the word never very often, because we all understand that never is a really long time. Mm -hmm. So don't say never unless you're, well, he said never. And he said, never take advice from someone who's not where you want to be. And I had never heard that before. Holy smokes. How many times would you take advice from somebody because they speak loudly and they, they seem like they really know what they're talking about, but how are they doing that? Are they making a great living in photography? Well, no, then be very careful what advice you take from right. them. Right. You know, you have to really be careful here who you let influence your mind, because this is the thing that's going to get you where you want to go. Yes. And if he were, he's, he's long gone, right? 
Yes, I'm afraid so, yes. Um, if he were alive today, I bet he would also say, and don't go to people's websites and base your pricing and everything on what they're doing because you don't know if they're making any money at it. Right. There are some people that I've been really surprised when I've gone to their website and have seen their prices because based on on what I knew about them, I assumed they would be expensive. They would not be doing, you know, shoot and share. And yeah, we can't, uh, I love, we can't compare someone's outsides to our insides. Yes. And since you brought this up, one of the cardinal rules in our system is never, ever, there I go again, never, never ever put your prices on your website under any circumstances. No way, Jose, no prices on the on your website. Never, ever, 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 never. Why? Knowing your answer, I'm still asking why. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, you think about well, what's the what's the most often asked question when you pick up the phone? Well, they, they say, how much do you charge? Right. So they called us, right? They they were interested enough to take the bother in this day and age to pick up a phone and dial that sucker and then wait for someone to pick it up, okay? But what do they ask? How much do you charge? Well, if you put all your prices or any prices on your website, there's no reason for them to call because they already know how much you charge. And there goes someone who very possibly could have been an excellent client. Right, right. And I also think it weeds out people that are just price shoppers. It does. Because if they're not willing to take it further, then, yeah. you know, are they price shoppers? Now, yeah, they'll get mad. See, they'll get mad. I'll hmm. dare him not put his prices on his website anywhere. I searched and clicked on everything, and I can't find a price anywhere. I dare him. I'll never go to him. Right. Like, Fine. Right. Bye. Now, I do, because in, um, in my podcast, some of my guests have been like, really big promoters of putting pricing on and they are helping people sell well. Um, the one caveat is, and a couple of my coaching clients, their marketing is so effective, but broad that they're having to field way too many calls. And so they tried putting something on there so that they get half as many calls and, you know, just like an intro. So do you have thoughts on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I should probably let Todd talk. I'll let you go for this one, Todd. Okay. Yeah. So my feeling on that is it's less about getting less calls and it's more about getting the qualified calls. So right. rather than looking at, I just want to cut down on the number of people that call me. I would say that what they should be doing is rewording their word, their copy on their website to appeal more to the higher level of their target market on an emotional level. It's not about qualifying them through something left brain or logical. It's about qualifying them more on an emotional level, getting the people who are connecting, realizing that this is going to be a possibly once in a lifetime thing. 
So the advice I would give somebody in that situation is, first of all, I would say, well, congratulations. If you're fielding so many phone calls that you feel like you're underwater, you're doing some things right. And that's great. Now, hone the words rather than replacing some of those words with prices, because the last (laughs) thing we ever want to do is potentially pull anyone that's gone to our website that has gone into that right side of the brain, the creative and emotional side that is connecting with us on an emotional level, Mm. to pull them out of that with something as trivial and left brain logic as a number. Okay. That's why we never mention prices. We never mention dimensions. We never mention any of those things on our website because our only goal with our website or any of our marketing is to get them to take the next baby step toward working with us. Mm. Our target market to take the next baby step toward working with us by picking up the phone and calling us. And I think you start doing those things, you will now be pre-qualifying so many more of those people that those phone calls will, you will get fewer of those calls, but each one of them will be infinitely more qualified. Perfectly put, Todd. Yeah. So one of the the clients of mine um, that I'm thinking of, her work is so beautiful. I cried when I realized when we started that she was doing shoot and share and that all of these people, and she was so busy, she was overwhelmed. Something went wrong. Oh, did you you hear my television talk to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Something went wrong. And modern technology. Yes. And so she's very successful at people emotionally connecting and it it's just so good that then she still gets tons and tons of people that are emotional that love what she does do you think there's a way to like I used to and I don't know if you used to say this Chuck yellow pages doesn't work but (laughs) yellow pages used to work for me because I had the best looking most expensive high-end classy ad in the yellow pages. And so if people called me, they were pre-qualified because they could see the difference. So do you think there's a way to look expensive and emotional on our website? So someone's sort of like, whoa, this is great, but I'm sure like where they're truly, even if they would love it, they're truly not able to invest 100%. Um and the way I like to do that th- these are in, these are wonderful questions because they're getting to the core of what we do as the owners of our photography businesses is we're a photographer second. We're to quote my dad who drilled this into my head very very early on we are marketers and sellers of photographic services first. Right. Because if we don't do that, we don't get to do the second thing, right? Mm-hmm. So the best thing we can do is to realize that everything that we do in our marketing, if it is not appealing or connecting with our potential clients, our target market on an emotional level, then you, you really have to ask ourselves, should these words be in our marketing at all? So your question is great. How do we give the impression of high quality, high value, and potentially higher investment without saying prices. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, the quality of our work does factor into that a bit, but 
that means much less than a lot of people think when it comes to the general public. Sure. It means a lot to us, but to the general public, that means less than some of the other stuff. So the wording I like to use, and this is, here's a, here's a great tip. Here's a writer downer, is if you want to give the impression of, of higher value, then what I like to do is I like to say, now we are one of the more expensive photographers in town. And the reason for that is we devote so much time, energy, and focus to each and every one of our clients to ensure that they are going to get portraits that they're not just satisfied with, but they are that they are thrilled with, that exceed their expectations. Portraits that they will enjoy for years, if not decades to come, and will become family heirlooms to them. Mm. That is what we devote our time and energy to. Now, I, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Obviously, I would tweak the wording of that a little bit. But you get the idea that I immediately just came right out and admitted that we are one of the more expensive photographers in town. I didn't say a price. So now that to each person, that's going to mean a different thing. Mm -hmm. But to each person, they are now asking themselves, oh, am I willing to reach out to someone that already I know is going to be one of the more expensive in town? I might personally think, oh, that might mean they're $200. That might mean they're $10,000. It doesn't matter, but they're going to equate that. And that's going to immediately weed out those people without ever having to say dollars. And it reaffirms the emotion because look at how I backed that up. I gave a why we are one of the more expensive photographers in town. And every one of those things that I said, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I've done this long enough to be willing to bet that everything that I said was an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a logic-based thing. Love it. Love it. Right on. Oh, so many good things. Um, I'm also thinking that when the branding is clearly, like that's why my yellow page ad worked, is I had really clear branding that was contemporary, but I looked expensive, and if we'd had websites, then I would have pulled that whole branding, the visuals, the words, but I love that. That really answered a big question for me that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell all my friends about that because, of course, in this industry, when I sit around with photographer friends, we can have those discussions. Do you put your prices on the website? So I love it. And I'm also thinking, do you think that having a page where you're showing living rooms with wall portraits will help weed out the people looking for? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I know where you're headed, Todd. I'll just mention Go that. Go ahead, Dad. No, I, I, we're on the same page. I'm assuming, because I know I've been doing this for 50 years, you know, I keep very close records. And I know the people that I speak with on the telephone, most of them, 80, 85% of them, are not even remotely thinking about a wall portrait. That's just not where they're coming from. Doesn't mean that they don't want it. They just don't right. know. They, they just don't know it. Yeah. Right. And so all I want to do is talk to them on an emotional level. Got it. Get them to feeling, getting them to get a little chill when they read a word about your children and how they're changing every day. And things like that, mm -hmm. to where they will do one thing. They will pick up a telephone and dial the darn thing and, and ask me how much I charge, because that's what they're going to ask. Mm -hmm. And that now gives me the opportunity to ask her some questions. And I want it to be a female. Females are our target market. And warm fuzzies, you know, they're very mm -hmm. emotional. They're right brain dominant. 
Okay, there's a lot of things. But the, the thing I want to do is to start asking her questions that guide her to see if she is a good prospect mm. for us taking the time. Yes, we charge a creation fee. Yes, we make a little. No, no, nothing compared to what we're going to earn when they come in and sit down and enjoy and view their portraits the way we project them and show them to them. Um, so we don't really make any money during this, the photography itself, even right. though we do get a fair amount of money for it. Thanks. So so what I want to do here is to ask her these questions. And then based on her answers, I start finding out, deciding whether or not I feel there is potential here to keep going. You know, I mean, like, if you don't mind me asking what's most important to you about your photographs you're thinking of doing. Okay, mm -hmm. that's called the magic question, and it's the most powerful question we have. If you don't know anything else about selling or presentation of any kind, just know the magic question. If you don't mind me asking, what's most important to you about blank? And then you fill in the blank with the photographs you're thinking of creating or your family portrait, if she said that. Okay, and then you'd be very quiet and you wait for the answer. And she could say something like, well, the price. It's obvious. Price is extremely important. We just wrecked the family car. Our furnace broke down and it's the middle of, you know, cold time coming up here. It's the fall. We got it. I don't have any money at all. Okay. It doesn't mean she's not going to qualify as a client, but it does mean that right away she's, she's in the left brain. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, let me ask you this. How long has it been since you had a really nice family portrait created? And she says, oh, never. I mean, it's been forever. Now my son is 14 years old. My daughter is 10. And I've got nothing. I've got no really nice photographs. Okay, so we understand. What have we learned? In just a couple of questions, we've learned that she wrecked the family car, that her furnace broke down, and we know that it's going to be getting cold up here in Michigan in a little while, right? And that she doesn't, she's never had a family portrait that she loved. She may have never had one even created. And that she's an emotional, right brain dominant kind of person. She just happened to lead off with this left brain stuff about, well, a price. Right. Mm -hmm. So these questions, the questions you ask, the answer isn't in talking, talking, talking. The answer is in asking, asking, asking right. in a very sensitive way. And if I can chime in on that too, the, the, the direct question of, you know, using photographs on your website, showing wall portraits. My first answer to that is test it and see how it works mm -hmm. for you. Now, mm -hmm. testing is not an easy thing for people to do, but my instinct is I would not recommend doing that because, again, what I don't want to do is I don't want anyone to come to the website and look at that and go, oh, I don't think that's at all what I'm looking right. for, so I'll just go somewhere else, right. you know, by seeing just wall portraits because they don't know that that's what they necessarily want yet, so they just go, oh, they're they're doing a whole different thing, you know. So, but when we can get them on the phone and start talking with them, then they start to realize why there's power to that. So my recommendation as to the images you show is just always show only your very best work, your mm -hmm. very best work, and only show photographs that you have accompanying testimonials for that you can put under or next ah. to each of the images. I love that. Yep. Let your clients talk about you. Let your clients tell the world how thrilled they are with what you did. Mm -hmm. That is so much more valuable than anything that we could write and create and put copy on a website or in a marketing piece or whatever. You know, let the clients say it. Yes, I love that. Okay, the big shift for me, I think, was 
you saying, get a projector. And when they invented trans previews, which were slide proofs, that really made all the difference in our industry. I'm sure before that, you were doing like those overhead projectors, like school and things. And then they invented, after that, they invented the, um, what were they called? You plugged it into your television and you could just take the negative. And yes, what did they call? I don't remember what they call. I never view or something. There was the the better one. Um, But can't we just post them online and people will buy? Can't we just do a Zoom call? Like, Chuck, this is 2023. So I'm assuming you've said projecting is the magic key, but I'm now pretending I'm I'm, well, I'm saying something like, this is 2023, get in the modern age. Come on, Chuck, come on, Todd. Uh, yeah. Let's just do a Zoom call or post online. Yeah, if I can chime in on that one first, absolutely you can do that. We can put them up online, absolutely. Um, there's the technologies out there to do that, and we can absolutely do that. Are you going to have the lifestyle you want to have doing that? No. No, you're just not. Unless the lifestyle that you want to have, legitimately, I'm not saying this with any sort of sarcasm or irony at all. If your goal is, I want to be the lowest price photographer around, and I want to, I want to photograph 50 people a day, and I want to pump them through, and I want to work 10 hours a day, and that is what brings me joy, is just photographing as many human beings as I possibly can without having to do any other stuff. That brings me joy. If you legitimately feel that way, and there may be people out there that mm-hmm. that's it. I just want to, on my time on this earth, I want to photograph as many human beings as I possibly can. Then yes, that's the reason to do it. Any other reason? Absolutely not. Because again, you're going to work yourself to death. You're going to get to a point most likely where you resent photography mm-hmm. rather than enjoy it. Because now you're doing it just to pump the people through. It's like a conveyor belt. You're treating you're treating your clients more like a commodity, more like a an assembly line than you are a fine portrait studio. Now the temptation is there to think that, but that's the way I should do it because that's the way everyone else is doing it. So that's what my clients want. And it goes back to you're probably already thinking this. Though those of you that have been tuning into this from the beginning are probably going, I know what he's going to say, and that is, well, my target market's not going to think that way right? Your target market's not going to think that way. Your target market, in fact, will be repulsed by that approach. Your target market will say, well, I don't know who's going to be my photographer, but Charles Lewis is not going to be my photographer because he does this stuff quick. He's banging them through. He's too inexpensive. I, that's, I know that's not what I'm looking for. Right. So dad, I'll turn it over to you, but that's my quick answer. Yes, you can do it, <laughs> but I, I'd like to quote the, the wonderful Jurassic Park, right? <laughs> where uh, Jeff Goldblum's character says, you know what? You were so busy focusing on whether you could do this that you didn't stop to think whether you should. Yes. So can you explain, Charles, projecting? Because I jumped in as if everybody knew what we were talking about. Yeah, what you have to realize is that the single biggest decision of your entire photography career There is one decision that is more important than any other decision, and you're going to make a lot of them, of course, but there's one that's the big one, and that is how you present 
your images to your clients. Mm. That's the biggest decision of all because it literally determines where your business is going to go, what your lifestyle is going to be, how many hours a week you put in, and how much enjoyment your clients get out of the photographs you created that were so beautiful. You work so hard, you take that talent for granted, and you created these gorgeous images for her, and now she's going to get them in little digital files, or she's going to get them in a four by five, and she's going to put it up there on the piano. Are you kidding me? When she could have had something so beautiful, but she doesn't realize that. I mean, yes, the studio, when she comes in, there's beautiful wall portraits on the walls. You sell what you show. So what are you showing? You're showing wall portraits. Okay. But still, she's still not there. But now you take her into your projection room and you dim the lights and you get her all fired up about how excited you are about these images. And you hit her with what in your position, based on years of experience, what you think is going to be her favorite one. I mean, you could be wrong, but based on your years and years of experience of doing this, you kind of get a feel for it after a while. And in your opinion, after giving great thought to it, you've decided that this is going to be her favorite one. And you tell her that and you let her know that you could be wrong. Man, it's okay if I'm wrong. It's no problem. I won't have my feelings hurt. Are you ready for this? And she goes, yes, I am. And you hit that switch and up in a 40 by 60 or a 40 by 50, uh, an, an appropriate size. Projected into a frame. Projected into a frame over a sofa so that she has, it looks like a home. Everybody knows what size a love seat is and what size a sofa is. You can, so there it is. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And she's crying. And I want to interrupt you real quick, Dad, because I don't want anyone to tune out now. Yeah. I'm worried that somebody might be tuning out thinking, oh, you said in my projection room, I don't have a projection room. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a space for that. I'm working out of my home or I'm working out of a studio. And, and the only space that I have is for my camera room and maybe doing some of my digital enhancement. Here is the thing. You can project no matter what kind of a business you have. A worst case scenario, which is still the best case scenario uh, over everything else, is you can project in the client's home. Projectors are small. You, you bring your laptop. You can do it right in the client's home. There is no excuse in this day and age to not be projecting. And you know what? Even if you have a small space, if you're working out of your home or if you're working out of a small space where all you got is a camera room, when you got your client coming in, you just turn your camera room into your projection space. You bring right. a small sofa out, you put it against the wall, you hang, you display the, the framed piece of canvas right over that, and boom, you're in business. It doesn't take more than 20 minutes to get that set up. And when your average sale goes from potentially $300 to potentially $3,000, which the potential is there to absolutely do that. And for some of you, $3,000 might small sound small. For some of you, that sounds impossible, right? Mm -hmm. But when you make that big jump, it's worth putting 20 minutes of extra time into each of the presentation of the images. Right. I used to joke, I, when I would talk on my classes, I used to joke about this that same thing that Todd was just talking about. Okay. And I'd say, well, what if you don't have a place to project? What do you do? Then project in the bathroom. Yes. Sit them on the toilet <laughs> and project on the back of the door. Right. And it would get I, a huge laugh. And But it made the point. I was thinking you could uh, throw a sheet over the fence, take them outside. 
I mean, that's better than nothing. Yes. That's better yes. than nothing. It, it so is. Yeah. Just to, in case someone's still not like, I don't know what you're talking about. So we're talking about yeah. having a quality projector, the investment now $1,000 on up. Uh, or less. Well, yeah. But I, I've, you, anyway. You get them, you get them used. Don't yes. buy a okay. new projector. I was just going to buy say, a used projector. eBay. Yes. So something that originally was a thousand or more, you can find some great ones on eBay um, and get some kind of screen, movie screen. I don't actually use a frame. Um, mm, what? I have, I have a different. <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah. Because. Really? Because you you want them to visualize it as this as it's going okay. to look. I have some, well, let her let her finish, Dan. Hold on. Let her finish. I have some <laughs> tricks that I discovered along the way. You know, like you trained me, and then I because mm-hmm. I sell seven or eight wall portraits to people, and so I'm anyway trying to page back. So we have a quality projector we have something to project it on and we show it large and show it with an emotional like i do a slideshow um with music i get them crying and then we have a little system where we break it down and there's a reason why most people buy two family portraits the kids together big singles of the kids mom and dad together big and a lot of people are turning to a television instead, but there is no television unless you go to a movie theater <laughs> where you can have a vertical 60, 70, 80 inch tall uh, projection. So bigger is better. Now, my secret, Chuck, is I have boards, whiteboards cut in all sizes. So that when it's time to think about the favorites, I hold that up in front away from the screen a little so they see it as a finished piece of art. So it does that same kind of reaction as a frame. Anyway, there's different ways to, I'm not going to say skin a cat. I like cats. But anyway, showing it big, having a movie premiere, and then taking the time to sort down and help them fall deeply in love where they can't possibly live without them. And on Zoom, you're not controlling things. You know, they might be looking on a phone on Zoom. You just don't know. So I agree. We can go to their house. We can rent. I I did an out-of-town session once. Um, it was just Orange County, which is hour and a half away. But I rented a suite in a hotel. And so I did the session, edited overnight. And the next morning they came and I I brought a portable projector. I mean, a portable um, movie screen. And it was an $8,000 sale and seven wall portraits. And um, so you can always rent just for a day and do three shoots a day in a hotel suite. There's lots of ways around it. So yeah, the thing, the thing to realize is how, who, who wins with this? Everybody wins 
Because if the client walks out with a bunch of little digital images on their device or in a thumb drive or something, or they walk out with a beautiful, adequate, appropriately sized wall portrait for a special place in their home, that's a huge difference. Yes, we earn a lot of money doing that. But the client, see, I I go back to what I said at the beginning. You have to pick something that you really believe in. I mean, you believe in it with your heart and your soul. You think this is easy? This is not easy. I never said the word easy until just now. This is not easy. No. Okay. And you're going to have things that challenge you. You're going to have things that go wrong, that don't work quite the way you want them to yet. You got to learn more. You've got to understand the principles more. So you got to love this. You got to do something that you really believe in, in your heart and soul is best for the client. And right. then you do that and the money will come. Absolutely. I'm thinking about what if these family photos that I'm going through were only digital and it's 80 years later because my mom was 99. So I have pictures of her as a teenager. There's no way that they would have survived 80 years. There's no way I would know where to find that CD. I mean, a physical photograph or a negative with the personal ones. Actually, my parents were only children. So everything came into my house eventually because they inherited mm -hmm. all the photographs. And yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about my great niece's child. And of course, Aunt Lucy is providing prints for their, for him. But all the other things, the ones my sister's taking, the ones on the phone, the ones on my phone, you know, they're treasures that I'm worried about them just getting lost. So I, and you know what I love about you guys, <laughs> besides a lot of things, is the more you talk about this, the more passionate and excited. It's like the tempo, we're talking, we're talking, and then you're just like, come on, kids, you gotta go this way. And I'm the same. I I am, and I know with your coaching too, we're just all about this most important thing that we can provide other than being a, a helping someone have a baby in some way. Other than that, this is the most important thing in my mind that someone can create. And the three of us are passionate. Yeah. about making sure that it's done right so that people get the maximum enjoyment. And that's the that's the key, Lucy. It, it, abs you're absolutely right. We, You have to believe in this. None of what you're hearing from any of us, the three of us here, are, is manufactured. None of this is no. fake it till you make it. None of this is, well, you just got to, you got to present the right kind of front. This is how we feel. There's a reason why we get so energized and get so hyped up and get so, because we believe that first and foremost, our clients are the ones that are winning the most from working with us and from getting these images and working with the clients with whom we consult and coach with, because everything that we're talking about is first and foremost to benefit them and change their families' lives, yeah. change the lives of their relationships, and, and, and have them be able to hold on to these memories in a beautiful way forever. Everything else that happens from that just comes from that point first. So if you got into photography because you saw it as a way to get rich quick, 
It's not impossible. I mean, there are ways to do that, but you got into photography for the wrong reasons. And I'm willing to bet everyone watching this got into photography because at some point, a photograph or a uh, that they either saw or a photograph that they created touched them, touched mm. you. It touched you first. And you went, oh my gosh, what is this? I want to feel this every day of my life. And if you can do that and make a great living and have a life, a, a wonderful lifestyle while you do that and enjoy the, the the people you're working with, you are truly living not the American dream, you're living the human dream. Oh, I love that. Yes. And the, for me, because children are my passion, what I've discovered that it was unexpected is how much kids feel more loved. Parents feel more loved towards their children. Uh, one of my clients, it was a blended family. And the son that did not get to live with his dad full time, always felt left out. And the portrait session changed everything. And the wall portraits in the home, where I intentionally put him in the center, with people touching him so he could realize he was home when he was here. He is a part of this family. And she said, his life completely changed because of that. So we have no idea. Just like Charles, you had no idea the impact you would make ooh, I'm getting, on someone like me creating, especially it was still a man's world when you were, when uh, pretty much. So this woman with a passion and a desire to help um, me create these images that thousands and thousands and thousands of people are getting joy from every day. And now as a coach and a podcaster in 91 countries, you know, you planted a seed that I keep, you know, my tree keeps blossoming. Yeah. Trees blossom. And then there's more seeds and they're blossoming. And so I, I'm just so grateful to you. So grateful to you, Chuck, and so grateful, Todd. We don't know the impact we're having on people. And I'm just so grateful to you, Chuck, for everything that you've done for all of the people that I've contributed to in their lives. So, phew, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. That's that's the why. That's the why. That's That's the why. why. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, so I have two questions. (laughs) Take a breath here. Um, I think this is the first time I've cried in my 190 episodes, but I am just so grateful that we've had this wonderful conversation. And yeah. So, okay. Question one, how do we get in touch with you? And I know that you have an offer for my listeners. Yeah, it's uh it's and it's not an offer that costs anything and it's not an offer that obligates you to anything. It is absolutely 100% free. The only hitch is you have to be able to get one of the slots. So what it is is I put together an opportunity for people who are uh you know watching this program and who have been studying with Lucy because we believe so much in in what she does and and uh we want to help in any way we can 
photographers get to where they want to be is I'm going to do a 50 minute five, zero, not one, five, wow. five, zero, 50 minute one-on-one phone call with you where, and you don't even have to worry about what to ask me. You don't, I mean, if you have questions, if you know, oh, here's a challenge I'm having, I hope Todd can help me with this or whatever it is. You can certainly bring that to the table and ask that. But even if you're thinking, I'm not even sure what to ask, you know, I will know the questions to ask you to start helping you hone in on a lot of the things that we talked about today. What is the lifestyle you want to have? Who is your target market? Exactly. How can you reach that target market? What are the things to think about? Maybe you're you're looking at, hey, pro- this projection thing does make sense, but I have this challenge, this challenge, and this challenge with it. How can you help me with that? My goal in that 50 minutes is to do one thing. At the end of that 50 minutes, to have you not only hang up going, holy cow, I just got a lot of great things that I can start implementing right this second, but more importantly, oh my gosh, I just got things that I will implement right this second. I'm excited and I'm ready to do it right now. And I've done a lot of these calls, not as many as I would like. I wish I could do these every single day. Unfortunately, I looked at my calendar, I blocked off and I'm going to do this every week going forward. I'm going to find the times that I have available for that week and make those available to do these 50 minute calls for the people that reach out and, and contact us about this. The way you grab one of those calls is to just go to www.cjlewis.com slash free dash call dot html. HTML at the end. Don't forget the .html or it won't take you to the page. I hate that that's on there. I haven't been able to figure out a way to get that out of there yet. Tech is not my 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 big thing. Okay. Free call dot html after cjlewis.com. And if they want to send you an email for any reason, what is that? Yeah, the best email to send to, and please do not share this email with the rest of the universe, okay? I'm asking all of you individually. This is for you to be able to get hold of us, okay? Uh, this is not the email that we put out there to the general public. This is for the, the serious people like yourselves. That email address is lewis.innercircle at cjlewis.com. And Lewis is L-E-W-I-S. So that's lewis.innercircle at cjlewis.com. But I'd recommend going and grabbing one of those free calls first. Again, don't worry if you don't know what to ask me. And again, there's no cost for that call. It's a $250 value. And there's no obligation for you to ever do anything else with us going forward. And you'll leave it with action items to take action on. right. Okay. So last question, I'm giving you the floor. Either is there something you didn't share, you know, just a few, just a hot tip or a parting thought, something to have us carry in our hearts as we walk away. Yeah, sure. I'll give my, and I'm going to make it a quick, quick hot tip. Okay. Uh, And that is don't ever let your business cause you to lose the love and the reason of why you became a photographer in the first place. If your business is causing you to resent photography for any reason, then it's time to change your business. That is our number one goal is to make sure that you continue to love it as much as you ever did while having the business of your dreams. Great. Dad? I'm going to quote uh, Napoleon Hill, my favorite author, and he said something that revolutionized my life when he said, hard work and long hours alone will not produce success. You must have 
an organized plan, system, program. You need to put together a system that you just follow the system and the system takes care of you. I always kid with our clients and I say, you know, just learn the system, do it. You don't need to even know why. Right. Just follow the system and it'll take care of you. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And maybe I'll get you on again and we'll cover marketing or something and share that. And I'm sure everyone is like pulling their car over, taking notes or re-listening. And it's just been wonderful having both of you on. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Our pleasure. Yeah. Thank thank you. you, Lucy. It was our honor to be here today and everybody keep going for that photography business of your dreams. You deserve it. Okay, so Charles and Todd are gone, and it's just you and I here, and I know that you realize that was a love fest for me, and I hope that you have many people that that turn everything around for you. I, of course, would love to be that person for you, so if you need any support from me or you'd like a conversation to potentially have me as your coach, just please reach out. I want to see if I can figure out a quick wrap up on that. I have so many pages of notes. So we talked about why wall portraits. And what I loved, what I heard over and over again uh, from both of my guests is that it came from a place of service and a place of heart to decide to give our best, which is to me and to Todd and Chuck, our best is creating wall portraits that people will love for generations and will be emotionally impacted hour after hour, day after day, year after year. And then we talked about setting up a business in the way that works for us. So, for example, if we really only want to work regular business hours, let's say we have a spouse or kids are in school and we only want to work when we're not away from them, we can create that because we can find clients who are willing to work within what we need. So it's our life. It's our business. We can build it the way we want. We can think about the lifestyle we want and we can create that. Um, They kept talking about target market. Who is our client? And also I loved, well, sorry, I don't mean to babble, but I just kind of overwhelmed. Um, Oh, we talked about not putting pricing on the website and the why, because all we want is for people to call us and I am so all in with that. That is what I keep bringing my coaching clients back to over and over again. And one way to pre-qualify people on a website is with the words that we use. We might say, you know, we're possibly one of the most expensive photographers in the area, or we are not a bargain photographer. We put so much time, energy, love, creativity it, creating these things, learning about you. And so, of course, uh, this is going to be an investment. So we can allude to being an investment and making sure that 
people can see enough value to be willing to make the call. And then we talked about projection and and why having a good projector and showing our work big, big, big creates that emotional impact where they will buy large portraits, which is something that I love to sell and they love to sell. So, and then I, then I cried thanking them for, for helping me build a business that I love and have been able to support myself for 40 years. And then now I teach others how to do exactly that in, in my own way. We all have our own uh, little tweaks to things. So uh, looking forward to you coming back next time and listening to my next wonderful guests. Take care. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.